Hello, and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Angel Cologne, social media manager and slash production intern to Sam Stark. Sam serves as the vice president of communications and external relations here at Rollins College. Rollins Around Town is a showcase of outstanding people who make dynamic and important contributions to the Rollins campus or thought or throughout Central Florida. In both cases, these are difference makers who uplift the mission and brand of Rollins and who help make our region a special place to live, learn, and work. Today, I am delighted to welcome Greg Golden, Director of Student Media at Rollins College. How's it going today, Greg? Going well. Thank you, Angel. <laughs> we had to we had to fix the fix the board real quick. You don't have good. to tell them that. Oh no, <laughs> I thought I thought. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> no, just act like it never happened. It didn't happen. Uh, but thank you, thank you for having me. I know this was a a work in uh, progress as we tried to make another date work. Again, with the unnecessary backstory, now I'm doing it. Go for it. But, um, no, this is a fun opportunity. I've really enjoyed the show and your help with it. So, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so, Sam is out, and I'm not taking his spot or anything, just to advise that. But I'm just in this for the one time. And I wanted to talk to you, Greg, about... First, let's start with applying for undergrad, because I know that you did go to Rollins College for your alma mater. Can you talk about your backstory a bit, where you're from, and what led you to want to apply to Rollins College for your undergrad and eventually decide to come here? Sure. Well, I was born in upstate New York in the Catskill Mountains. I've moved uh, with my family down to Florida in 1997 when I was in third grade. My family has stayed local since then. It was kind of uh, an understanding or a wish on the part of my parents that my siblings and I would go to college locally, hopefully find jobs, etc. in the area. And so out of high school at Winter Park, I went to Valencia Community College, had an amazing experience there for two years, and then started hearing about what a good school Rollins was. My brother was actually already here playing golf. He was the captain of the golf team, but it, it took professors at Valencia and others saying how good the faculty was here, how good specifically the English department was and the writing faculty. And that was what really drew me to Rollins. So you say it drew you to Rollins because of the English aspect of it. Could you talk a little bit about what um, what your background is with history, I mean with English and why you're so um, drawn to it? Sure, I have just enjoyed writing. I've been told throughout <laughs> school that I've been good at it. There's a story where my dad, who also writes as a part of his uh, kind of conglomerate of careers that he has, he tells me that he read a paper that I wrote in, you know, maybe sixth or seventh grade and thought, who did he copy this from? Hmm. So just uh, kind of built on some of that experience to want to learn <laughs> right. more about right. yeah. about the subject, wanting to explore just uh, something that I do enjoy and enjoy the times where I do get to kind of put pen to paper more so than just an email or a short bit of communication that I might right. put together. So it's something that I've just always liked doing and just felt that, you know, with the absence of another kind of singular passion to explore in college, it was something that just drew me to uh, to Rollins for that reason. Cool. And I also know that you got your master's here, and we'll get to that. But first, talk about your time as an undergrad student at Rollins College. I know you spent time at the Sandspur, which is kind of why I asked you about the whole English subject, and WPRK, Specs, and Sigma Tau Delta. What made you want to get involved in these parts of campus, and how did it enhance your undergrad experience? I did get that uh, notification that you looked at my LinkedIn yesterday, so your you research is paying off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These were all things that were a lot of fun and really made my experience at Rollins meaningful. When I was applying to Rollins that summer, there was an opportunity to apply for work-study jobs on campus, and I was between working for the Sandspur our undergraduate newspaper and 
working the scoreboard at basketball games and sporting events. And I was like, which one do I want to do? It would be fun to go to all the games. But (laughs) again, (laughs) turning back to the writing and I was interested in photography and different things. And being a work study for the Sandspur let me do all of those things, explore some of those interests and really just build a cohort of friends and people who I'm still in touch with today. So that was really a foundational part of my Rollins experience. And with WPRK? So I was invited by a friend, David Salis, to join his show, which he was starting, which was going to be Wednesday nights from, well, Wednesday mornings, from 1 to 3 a.m. <laughs> the show was called. Oh, really? Yes. So I have, uh, you know, what am I trying to say here? When people come in to do the, kind of those graveyard ships, ships, shifts, I can at least say, you know, I've been there and <laughs> I can right. at least, you know, not ask someone to do something that I haven't already done myself. So you're like, you'll love it. It's two in the morning and you worked all day, but it's great. It's a great shift. What's great is about those times is once people find out that you're doing, you know, a themed show at that time, you'll gain an audience, people who call in, people who at the time used to join like a WPRK chat room online. So only good things to say about being up from 1 to 3 a.m. And I didn't have class until 4 p.m. the next day. So you kind of make your schedule work in your favor. I mean, in that that. sense, it's not too bad then. Right. But that show was called Flying High in the Mushroom Kingdom. Cool. I'm reading your face right now. It's a... no, my face is analyzing how I can trans- translate my face into words so that the audience can see what I'm thinking. There you go. But that was a show that was video game music. Okay. And so uh, David really brought a lot of knowledge from maybe more current games and kind of how they've become more filmic in their scores and in the you know orchestrations and mm. type of work that goes into kind of more, more modern ones. And my contribution was picking songs from NES games and 8-bit games from, uh, you know, Mario Brothers to, to whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, where the title comes from, The Mushroom Kingdom. Okay. Thing. Yeah. It could have gone a different way. Exactly. That's why I was reading your face. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you think? I was just, no, I was, I was waiting for you to explain because I was like, I don't think it's, it's going where I think it's going. But right. that, that is an interesting, I can see for, you know, from 1 to 3 a.m., especially if it's like to a video game crowd. You know, I, you know I've had different roommates over the last two years and 1 to 3 a.m. is primetime video game time. So I, can, I could imagine <laughs> that they would be like playing and like listening and doing all that. So that's it. I can, it's cool. Good. So I have an audience if I want to bring it back is what you're telling me. Good. You could. I could. I haven't done a, um, a market um, a market segmentation for it yet, but, you know, I could I could work on it. Please do. <laughs> and then we also have Specs and Sigma Tau Delta. I know Sigma Tau Delta is um, it's like more or less what I got from a frat for the Honor Society. Yeah, it's the English Honor Society that Rollins takes part in. Um What's exciting, kind of random, is uh, Phi Beta Kappa is now has a Rollins chapter, so another right. honor society that maybe folks are joining now and experiencing. Um, but Specs was a really great opportunity that Dr. Agarwal in the English department was kind of the chair, the editor, the lead of. And that was a journal where, you know, you think about brushing and that's a journal that is for Rollins by Rollins where undergrads faculty and staff and alums can contribute specs was the opposite where you could not have a tie to Rollins to be able to submit so well this was a journal that was culling pieces nationally internationally and I know some folks Dr. Agarwal is who I'm thinking of who had asked people who uh, have some renown, like <laughs> Zizek, who was on campus for for an event or two. Uh, Sherman Alexi was another person who submitted. So we were able to get some really awesome pieces from, from folks who were uh, published in a lot 
more prestigious places. <laughs> so that was that was right. fun. But to be able to read through those slush piles, to read some really interesting pieces and some really uh, adventurous pieces and avant-garde pieces from from people out there was was just a lot of fun and really something that that influences the way that I uh, facilitate kind of students work around publications now like brushing like uh, the Sandspur. Great. <laughs> um, I know you didn't immediately jump into your MBA and you spent some time as an employee at two's company after graduation. <laughs> then spent time you're like oh I didn't know if you'll bring that up <laughs> then spent, hey, it's on LinkedIn so it's all <laughs> yeah. fair game then spent time as freelance writer then worked for Green Gonzel Marketing as the owner along with um, during that time you were also being the man general manager of the Sandspur can you talk about your time at these jobs um, what was going on during these jobs and then what eventually led you to wanting to get your MBA at the at Crummer What's awesome about that experience that you mentioned, so Twos is a local uh, employment agency, I want to call it a temp agency, really. And so the work that I did with them was being placed at companies around town. One of them was the CNL Bank in their distribution center on Michigan, Michigan Avenue. Mm -hmm. Michigan Street? I forget. Avenue. Avenue. Okay. Got it right the first time. Stuffing envelopes with mailers to their clients, prospective clients. And that was a great experience just to know, all right, this is a job. Right. <laughs> Nine to five. <laughs> Little break in between, but had really good colleagues and was just able to find out through not the CNL job specifically, but through other placements, like, yeah, that's something I want to do. That's something I don't want to do just from the different companies I was with or the different experiences that they offered. Right. So I think that that's something really valuable for students, which is not only figuring out what your passion is, but figuring out the things that are at the bottom of your list that you will avoid by any means necessary and once you start crossing off some of those things, you can kind of explore, well, what is it that I, you know, mm -hmm. don't hate? No, it's a good insight. That will, <laughs> will yeah. get you into perhaps a better direction when it comes to that. So that was my experience with twos. Uh, I know you also referenced... You were freelance writing? Yeah. So that was actually with Full Sail University, writing some alum profiles for um, folks who had made it in, you know, the media industry or the entertainment industry. So to be able to have some of those conversations, distill it into a pretty short piece. As I remember, it was probably three to 500 words and having that published on their website was something that scratched that itch of continuing to write. At that time, there were a couple of friends of mine, um, Nick and Shakira, who for some reason felt that, and this is supposed to be self-deprecating, that we could um, create a company together. And we tried that for a little while. It was fun. We uh, did some marketing, website building, design, social media marketing for some local companies. And just looking back, I just have a greater appreciation for what goes into, you know, whether it's running a company, dealing with clients, all the things that you do when you're trying to be an entrepreneur. And that wasn't successful, but failure, that's another teacher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you have like a memorable moment that was kind of like, you think back to it sometimes like if you have if you go back and nostalgia train you think of like oh that happened that one time at green gazelle and even if it's just like a random story maybe a couple of things one of them is um the materials that i came up with for us to make sales and get clients was just a black and white piece of paper that was designed in microsoft word and 
it probably didn't take too long after we kind of discontinued the company that I thought, I, uh, I wonder if I should have had better materials than a piece of computer paper with, you know, our uh, mission statement and our, you know, <laughs> pricing tiers on it. <laughs> like, I, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, so that's something I go back to as far as how you present yourself mm. to mm. a client, to anyone, really, because really you don't know what opportunity someone who you're speaking with uh, at any moment can can offer. So, but at least you could have at that moment the bar was you could have set the bar low, but then exceeded expectations. You know, as a as a that wasn't me. That was random. I was <laughs> I was fine. hearing the feedback. You're fine. <laughs> I was wondering. Um, Continue. So that was one one memory, and yeah, just using it as a learning experience. I right. could look back at that and cringe, and half the time that is what I do, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, you know, what were my friends and business partners thinking when I was, you know, running around thinking, you know, oh, the the concept and the words will speak for themselves, you know. Oh, okay. You know, we don't need, and this wasn't a conscious thought. That's but, an abstract, right. subconscious thought right. going on there. Yeah, if I were to, you know, psychoanalyze a situation, mm-hmm. I would perceive that, like, you know, this is good enough because the ideas are there, yeah. the, the pitch is there. But um, it probably would have been smarter to have a document that showcased, like, hey, we do design. We do, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you know, putting our best foot forward in a way. Right, because if, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that reminds me of fresh, freshman year. I'm not going to take too too long from apart from your story. But the same thing happened to me where teachers were telling me I was, like, in the back of my head, I was presenting work, which was not getting A's. And I was confused because I was, like, subconsciously, this is something that is presenting me as um as an entity on paper and teachers were explaining that's great but you're not it's not the assignment you know and um so it's it's a definitely learning experience a shared experience so i understand i understand that for sure yeah something that you think this shows how smart i am you know exactly i've, I've had that experience in school as well where i'm thinking back to middle school where you know I was supposed to write an essay and i thought you know, I'm really inspired to make this a poem instead. Mm. And <laughs> I, I thought it was really smart. Going. <laughs> I thought it was smart. And, you know, maybe another, maybe my English teacher would have appreciated it. But Probably. the science teacher, not so much. Oh, science? You know? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a lab report, even though that would make for a good, uh, you know, creative writing exercise. Yeah. But uh, the other one that um, that comes to mind is... Just the moments where people did agree to join us in a partnership with our uh, with our business, Green Gazelle Marketing. Mm. And so being able to say like, oh, I met this guy in Orlando and now we have a client in Maine. Like, how cool is that? Like, that is cool. Across state lines, several state lines. How many do you think? Ten? Eight. Eight? Nine. Okay. We'll have to look that up. Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New York, um, the Hampshires, and um, <laughs> the <laughs> Hampshires. Vermont. <laughs> Vermont is just um, Upper Hampshire for me sometimes, but and then Maine. So that's like I didn't count while I was saying I probably should have, but more or less probably ten. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll count next time. Yeah. So I mean that was. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, maybe among other things, a little bit of an ego boost, you know, like, yes, we have, you know, these clients who are paying us to do work. And this kind of, again, falls into the bucket I talked about before of figuring out what you don't want to do. I figured out that I really don't like trying to sell things through social media or really use social media much at all mm-hmm. if <laughs> the folks who... I'm friends with on there can attest. Um, So I just kind of realized, you know, this probably isn't the right field for me, even if it made sense as a business thinking, you know, there's businesses out here that maybe don't have the experience of growing up with social media or certain technologies that we could step in and help out with. And there were opportunities where people did 
you know, pay for that expertise and, you know, appreciate that knowledge. So in terms of that, getting into MBA, because you were still, because it's, you were still the, at that time, you were also the general manager of the Samspur. So I, I'm assuming to some degree, that's kind of what got you um, thinking about Crummer. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was I was, uh, I was going to maybe say my age, but I'm, the math is failing me right now. But I, the other way I could finish that sentence was I was having lunch with my undergrad advisor. Okay. Her name is Dr. Emily Russell. She's in the English department here at Rollins. And she was telling me that the Sandspur was doing fine. They were doing all right, but they weren't paying their bills. The printing bill hadn't been paid for maybe a month. So maybe four issues hadn't been paid for to start the semester. And these are things that um, when I was there, when peers were there, you know, it that didn't become a problem, but maybe over time the knowledge wasn't passed on, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. This was about a year and a half after I graduated okay. from undergrad. And um, I said... So uh, 2014, 2013 for people listening, right? Yes, mm -hmm. it was... 2012 actually sorry okay because it was a year and a half graduated 2011 year and a half after Got it was a uh, 2012 mm -hmm. so we're having lunch and she was telling me i think they're going to hire a position where someone's going to be a professional staff member and work with the sandspur as kind of the business manager or general manager and i said oh well i would love to do that if you would you know pass my name along and she said, uh, I don't know if that's what they're looking for. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll write up, you know, resume, et cetera. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you could pass it along. And she did. And as luck would have it, ended up gotting the, <laughs> gotting got the job. Yes, I getting the job. From, <laughs> so, from the English honors major himself. Exactly. <laughs> so getting that opportunity to come back and work with students who I was, you know, a fellow undergrad with and, you know, getting to know newer students and people who were showing their passion for journalism and working for the paper. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. That was still a part-time job. So I was doing a couple other things in tandem with that. I was substitute teaching sometimes locally when I would get a call to do so. Another thing I was doing was working at uh, Winter Pines Golf Club on the weekends. So it was a time of, of hustling mm -hmm. and making, just keeping myself busy, making ends meet. <laughs> figuring <laughs> it out. Figuring it out, yeah. yeah. Because um, that's what I was going to ask you earlier with twos was I was I was wondering was two something that was like you knew you were going to do before you graduated or was it kind of like you graduated and you were looking around and then because um, I know that it was a month after graduation so was that something that happened after graduation or were you already planning to go there before? It was uh, not something I was planning on. I applied to some things out of college. I was still thinking about grad school mm. and if kind of staying in academia, whether, you know, pursuing a professorship or something down the line would um, be the right move. But really just was looking mostly at stuff locally, a few things out of state and just. So it was a part of the figuring it out, a part of the figuring it out. But uh, 2011, we're still coming off of the right. housing crisis, financial crisis, uh, you know, stemming from. That's a good context. Good context. Yes. And so applying and applying and just not even getting rejections back. Like just <laughs> this was before ghosting was a word. Right. But just sending stuff into the wind and never hearing <laughs> from folks again. So that was in a weird mm. way. Well, this part isn't weird. It was kind of demoralizing. Like, hey, remember, I like been known to do smart things and have, have you know, a successful time writing and communicating, et cetera. And then so demoralizing to not get any response. But then 
being alone and just like working on these applications and stuff became like a weird myopic echo chamber where I started to think like, but I am really smart and I can do mm. stuff. And I think that part of that was where the the idea for the company came from, uh, Green Gazelle. So mm. that was a little bit of a spinoff <laughs> of yeah. maybe me thinking, well, if no one's going to hire me, I need to just do something on my own. Mm-hmm. That was that was part of that. It took about a, as we're just uh, contextualizing things in time, like we're talking about the summer of 2011. It wasn't until January 2012 that really launched that idea and got those um, friends and partners to be a part of it. But that was, yeah, that was a tough time to be, again, uh, not hearing back from any opportunities that I was mm-hmm you know, interested in as maybe the first things on my list. So then Crummer. Right. So <laughs> you're, you're, you're skipping a few things because I can I? tell more. <laughs> no, it's okay. But in the meantime. I, I was like, so I'm from Green Gazelle. It's like, okay, Crummer. Right, right, right. Know. I know it's been your destination for a while. <laughs> what happened was about a year into the job of uh, working part-time at the college and um, making making ends meet with other other opportunities was um by the time 2013 ended so about a year and a few months into that role the role of um general manager of WPRK opened up and we recall uh Dr. Emily Russell Helping me to get the the Sandsper job was seeing my work and in other parts of the college was kind of advocating for, you know, if we combined maybe the Sandsper job, the WPRK job, made it a full-time role, that could be something that, that Greg could do. And so in February 2014, that became a reality. So seven and a half years ago, was when I started that role, this role. And by the end of that year of 2014, I was thinking, what else could be accomplished here at Rollins while I'm here? I had known some some faculty and other staff who had done the MBA program. So I talked to a number of folks who were incredibly helpful, Leon Hayner, who's um, now the the interim dean of students, was one of those folks. So just getting advice from people, you know, collecting their used books that I could maybe use for <laughs> for my right. time at Crummer <laughs> um, was was really helpful. And so by the end of that year, so by I think I started uh, September uh, twenty fourteen. Um, Enrolled in Crummer, was accepted. What is uh, reminding me of stories we were just telling was um, we <laughs> we had to submit kind of an open-ended um, portfolio okay. for for Crummer, and so I actually designed like a poster that was like, "Here's here's me. Here's what I think I'm good at." Here's okay. experience that I have. Here are the things that I hope to accomplish with the degree. And uh, that was my submission of my portfolio. That's was, interesting. Was something that kind of dipped into the writing and design parts mm. of my brain. And thankfully was accepted. And just really had a had a good time with the roughly two-year two Twenty twenty seven months of the program mm-hmm. that concluded in twenty sixteen, we were able to actually learn about uh, another country's financial crisis. We took our senior trip or whatever you want to call it to uh, to Greece, mm-hmm. and so that was the time when Greece was on the precipice of either getting bailed out by the right. EU or. Yep some other you know <laughs> road that you know wasn't wasn't gone down but 
that was a really fascinating time to be there. Um, really, really taking advantage of of that um, that opportunity to to learn that and travel. The other thing that I really loved about my Crummer experience that I still would consider one of my biggest achievements in an academic setting was I joined a team that was doing a consulting project for Second Harvest Food Bank of Central Florida. And this was under the direction of a Crummer faculty member, Dr. Keenan Yoho. And what we did was we produced an economic impact study of Second Harvest Food Bank. And what that consisted of was figuring out exactly what economic benefit that organization has to Central Florida. So in the way that they're able to turn, you know, if you follow any of their marketing materials or whatnot, you'll learn that it takes a very paltry gift to turn into a lot of good for the community. Mm -hmm. I know that at one time it was, you know, donating a dollar created nine dollars of, you know, essentially food for for those in need. So it was kind of understanding how they how they do that math. Mm -hmm. um, And not to say that that's anything done, uh, you know, clandestinely. It's it's true that that is what they're able to do mm. with with money that that they are, you know, supported by. And so all in all, what we came up with was through the people that they hire, the food that they distribute, um, through just the, the economic uh again just benefit that they that mm-hmm. they have on the community the total number that we came up was 187 million dollars and that's something that i know their uh, president and ceo dave krepko started putting on materials that they sent out mm-hmm. he was able to go to the florida legislature and raise money by um sharing and was that, that number based on the numbers. 1 to 9 ratio not necessarily. So that was uh, just part of a little way of explaining the... It was just more of like a numbers mock-up? Like you were... Does that make sense? I know mock-up's not the right word, but... Uh, well, I'll kind of break it down in the way that I can understand it. Just uh, it was kind of two, two separate points a little bit. So the way that they can turn $1 into $9 in the simplest, simplest form... Mm-hmm. Um, is they can buy a gallon of gas with that, <laughs> you know, with a few bucks and go pick up a ton of food from Publix. Mm. And that's okay. the way that they can turn okay. a little bit of money into <laughs> a lot more food than our purchasing dollar can go because okay. they have these incredible relationships that they've built with local grocery stores and distributors um, and all of that is the pure value that they that they bring that's and really the expertise awesome. that they awesome. have. Yeah. And so that's the very very simplest way <laughs> I could <laughs> I could put that. Yeah, it's a, it was it was, it's a good simple way. Like because I understood I understood what you were trying to say there. Sure. And so when we think about the the impact that giving food to someone has is they're able to then spend money in other ways Uh they can spend money on housing Mm. they can spend money buying clothes buying their own gas for their car and we know that second harvest is helping people across the economic spectrum uh make ends meet and so when you think about money that these individuals are still making from from their jobs from their careers they're able to put money into the economy that otherwise um, might not have, if that makes sense. It does. Okay, cool. So (laughs) there's just this also incredible aspect that we dove into. Um, The teammates that I had were also really interested in the environment. And one of the lenses that we looked at was 
what if the food that Publix and these other, you know, grocery stores and distributors had, what if it was going to the landfill and what would that look like in terms of the environmental impact, the cost of landfills, the cost of transporting food to waste facilities. And so part of that 187 million number is the fact that food is diverted from these places into people's homes for consumption. So there was certainly a dollar amount that I don't have off the top of my head, but it was included <laughs> in that larger economic impact number where, you know, these were, were environmental impacts that we would see down the road, you know, when yeah. we go, go ahead and clean up those landfills and, you know, have other negative impacts of all of that waste um, that we can attribute to the benefits that that second harvest has. Yeah. And I, and I understand the reason I keep saying I understand, I understand because I'm a social entrepreneurship major. So the last three years I've been spent, every single project we do is dedicated to understanding every single aspect of the operations in terms of how do we create social impact with every single step of a business design. And so when, so everything that you were talking about, I completely understood because from perspective, that's what I've been working on for the last three years. So contextually for people listening that I'm not just like not listening to him, <laughs> but yeah. it was, cause it's a lot. Cause that's a, it's a lot to take in when you're talking about numbers and impact design and things like that. And so that is what major, so that was something that happened in Crummer that you remember distinctly as being something that was very interesting to you. Absolutely. Yeah. That was just something that I look to today as far as, you know, if we, if I look in my portfolio and think, you know, that's something that I really enjoyed doing and saw that there was an impact. Like that's something that mm-hmm. I could see myself dipping my toes into again, right. if, if the opportunity came up. So question, moving a little bit forward. So now we're at, now you kind of dipped into 2016 where you finished, um, you finished your MBA and uh, full-time director of student media at this point, I think it was 2017 where that, that, that switch happened. 2014, but we're talking post crummer so being out of out of crummer oh, okay, and see. in the job if you're thinking about just that nexus of okay plot points um, so i kind of wanted, wanted you to talk a little bit about like what wprk is its role in rollins college and in the community um yeah yeah first and foremost just starting with our mission is to advance the ideas which keep people free we're able to have people on the air, play music on the air that I don't really see other radio stations or a lot of other media outlets providing that access to to some of the folks that we do. And that's something that we take a lot of pride in and take very seriously. It's also fundamentally something that students can get involved in to make meaning of their college experience. Right sort of what I did with the Sandspur and WPRK as an undergrad. These are students who are working on projects that, you know, dedicate tens of thousands of dollars of, of resources. Some of the really just exciting projects that I can see students using these experiences in the same way that I've <laughs> talked about my experiences as an undergrad and my experiences in Crummer, I can see students taking opportunities or taking experiences like creating a membership program where folks who donate to WPRK get a membership card that they can, you know, use for discounts at our, you know, partner businesses around town. I can see just the students who worked on that project just having such an incredible um, piece of their portfolio that they can speak to not only to you know potential employers and others but um, just something to feel good about and something that they had fun doing so that's that's one project that um, that I think speaks to who we are a bit we're um, we've been really grateful to work with academic courses at Rollins 
including a course that um, Dr. Alice Davidson in psychology has has taught called Adolescent Psychology, where that course itself within Rollins has a community engagement uh, designation where each of the students have a requirement for community service within the context of the course. And so WPRK worked with her in that course to bring students over to the Boys and Girls Club of Central Florida and work with those students to create PSAs and interview them to learn about their experiences. And so part of the kind of nexus or mutual benefit there was the Rollins students were writing papers and doing research about the experience of being an adolescent and learning from from these students at the Boys and Girls Club. And those participants at the Boys and Girls Club were getting their voices out on the radio, having fun Mm -hmm. writing scripts and recording their voice and learning more about opportunities in college, like at Rollins. So those are the sorts of things that I'm especially proud of having been a part of. And of course, we also put on concerts and our team has put on a number of fantastic concerts, more than we've ever put on in a semester, Uh both in Dave's Boathouse on campus and then also our annual event, Fox Fest, on, on the lawn out here. And part of what is so always so meaningful about that and something that was incredibly evident as a result of that show was it takes not only the students and myself and other departments at Rollins, including Campus for Inclusion and Campus Involvement, Center for Inclusion and Campus Involvement, um, Campus Safety, Scheduling and Event Services. There's so many departments at Rollins that are involved. There are students, but it also takes our alumni who have connections in the arts in our community and throughout Florida, sometimes throughout the country, to connect us with artists who would be willing to play the show. It is a such a big collaboration with our community members who volunteer at the station, um, including Frankie Messina, who has connected us with so many artists for our bi-weekly event that we do here it's just so evident that our focus on being a community organization and a campus organization at the same time produces successful outcomes yes and so it just takes the effort and the opportunity for each of these groups to work together mm-hmm. including people who graduated from Rollins 10 or 20 years ago <laughs> people who their only connection to Rollins is through WPRK. It's just really exciting to be able to have all of those groups coming together and producing something good for the community, whether it is on air or at a concert or in working with local organizations. So, so, <laughs> so, um, I, I, I was going to ask you about um, some of the upcoming events. Um, this year um, and for the rest of school year um, and what's going on. I know that there's a concert coming up. If Tonight. You wanted to talk, yes. Yes, that'll be a lot of fun. There's two two artists, Florida artists, uh, Flo Zig and Casey Jones, who are um, just awesome performers who our, uh, our staff was able to make contact with. It kind of caps off our first semester of doing our bi-weekly event, which is called WPRK Comes Alive. It is kind of pulling double duty as also our birthday event because the founding of WPRK was in December of 1952. And so we're kind of using this opportunity as we usually do Mm -hmm. something in December, but this one is going to be our reason for celebrating that this is our 69th anniversary and you know it was 69 years ago that we had the kind of address on the station that inspires our mission so i said our mission to advance the ideas which keep people free those words are actually adapted from that inaugural address which was given by dwight eisenhower on the founding of our station (laughs) 
<laughs> and so, yeah, you had to get close to the mic for that wow. Um, well, it, it was it was just like it was a wow that didn't need they didn't need to hear the wow. It was just well, like, <laughs> I think it's good. Okay, it, it's a wow moment. And it's it's funny interviewing someone, you know, you're from WPRK, so you work with the board all the time, so you're very technical. And so it's like <laughs> interviewing you is hard because it's like talking to your teacher when you're trying to like you're trying to do a presentation with the teachers in the back of the class being like, right. you have five minutes left and then you're just like trying to present. Right. You yeah. won't tell anyone that I had to reach over and turn my mic up to start talking. We did at, at the, the beginning, beginning and interview. then you said you don't have to stop you don't have to talk. That's about right, that's it. right. Yeah. Oops, oopsies, <laughs> I just broke that. Um but that's just Part of what's so fun, celebrating our anniversary, which we will also do again in March because as a part of Rollins Alumni Weekend, their annual alumni weekend, WPRK and student media as a whole is going to have its own reunion of of folks who um, will come back and hopefully come back and see the new space that we're in. A lot of people, you know, have waited a long time for for the space to be renovated and it finally is. So I hope people take the opportunity to see what we're working with now. And uh, we're hoping to have, you know, some alums who went into media come back. What we did the last time we did this event was also allow our community members to, to join us because they are, you know, not official, but they, we sort of consider them, you know, honorary alums, if not of Rollins, of WPRK for sure. And we've had, you know, just some really fantastic people, whether or not they've gone into media or not. Um, there's a number of people who now serve on the Rollins alumni board or have served on the board of trustees who look back to their experience with student media and um, see that as having had a role in their career. Um, and we have people who we probably won't see at this event, but, um, the popular one that people throw around is a uh, Diplo who was a UCF student and who DJed here, um, until he was, uh, let go for relieving us of some vinyl that, uh, he thought maybe belonged in his collection rather than ours. Mm. But, <laughs> but what's, what's so fun is there's still folks who were like, yeah, that was my roommate. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, you know, a guy who we saw, you know, coming to meetings and doing his show. So there's a lot of stories of people. There's really, there's really a powerhouse right here in Central Florida because we have the Rollins Full Sail in UCF. And it's like a big powerhouse of just like talent of like every degree because you have the people, you have the business, people studying business, music business right next to the people who are working in media, who are right next to the people who are in. The, it's just like, and then there's the bigger connect. It's just, it's such a hub of right. just so many people. And then. And it's a f- and so yes, yes. Yeah, UCF just strength in numbers. It's got to be some talent if you've got, you know, sixty-five thousand people down the road. That's dark. It's probably seventy or more at this point. How's that dark? That was a good point. <laughs> My perspective of it was like, <laughs> okay, quality and quantity. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But yeah, including Diplo, including, uh, yeah. There's just there's a lot of a lot of stories out there. I don't want to co-opt or mis misremember things that I've heard, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun times that that have been been had here. So you did kind of like a triple hitter with the last monologue that you just gave. Because okay. You you talked because What's I wanted feedback? to no no because I wanted to talk. I did want to talk about the KWR renovation, but yeah yeah you did, but you you went into it. I, it, it 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 turned out great. You know, obviously I didn't. I'm new, so you know I I came in with the with the renovation. I mean I was. A freshman when it was being renovated but i didn't get to see it before the renovation so it's um i kind of have that fresh face to it but um it still looks great nonetheless you know and so it's and it's very fun being able to um get this experience you know in all all these different types of ways and so and uh in a lighter note um sam usually asks two questions and i am going to take the two questions out from him and i will just to just to keep his spirit alive um do you he's still with us <laughs> No, no, it's like he's here in spirit because like you yes, can be, a, you can is. be, do you, I'll get technical because like, because if you're, it's, if you're here in spirit, it's like your spirit is here, but you can still be alive. Okay. You know uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. In spirit. Even, even on a, you know, words that people use. On like use. a meta way. Yeah. Even meta way aside, people do say that. So yeah, I, 
I was wrong to try to <laughs> correct you. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you have, okay, um, segue. Do you have a favorite spot on campus to do just have, get away? <laughs> yeah. So my favorite spot used to be the CD library here, which was just an amazing space. I'll show you some pictures of it. Um, I think we might have some online as well that, that people can look up on, uh, on our website, mm. wprk.org. Um, but that was... Sorry, I'm still laughing at that. I'm sorry. It's, it was, uh, yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was abrupt. <laughs> but you said I was abrupt when we first started. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm still a new employee. So I'm still... This, is, this interview is technically like me actually talking to you for the first time for like a length of period of time. So it's... Editor's note. <laughs> he's <laughs> Sam's employee. <laughs> he's not my employee. And he's saying, oh, we never talked before. Okay, listen, I haven't rolling? had a coffee this morning. No, no, no. I, you know, I came, We're I came having in fun. Nine. We are, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, don't, I don't take things. See, that's, that's the thing is, you know, we're, we're you know, taking me seriously because we don't know each other yet. You know, that's part exactly. of human interaction. So <laughs> since the CD library right. is here in spirit but doesn't exist anymore, it um, <laughs> what I do is I walk from here to uh, kind of the, the tennis courts over there that corridor between like the library and Orlando Hall, that tree canopy oh. is just unbeatable. It just really is. Yeah, I saw your blog when you posted, you posted a picture of the flowers um, that were on the tree. Yeah. I dug. On a, oh, so I have a link to my blog yeah. on my LinkedIn. Next in that area, so yes. Right, uh, yeah, I think it's also my like cover photo, whatever you want to call it for LinkedIn, that like block that's behind your face. Oh, I didn't the notice that. flowering trees. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those flowering trees are around. I didn't put two and two together. They're around Carnegie Hall. There's a beautiful purple flowering tree that's in the courtyard of the Orlando Hall and Wilson House. But that corridor, if you walk down, that is, I think, just so beautiful and just, um, yeah, just is a contemplative place, a place that, you know, sometimes it brings me back to undergrad and, you know, maybe walking out of my class after having, you know, pulled an all-nighter and turned in that essay, you know, maybe a little bit late. Um, <laughs> or, you know, having just met with my advisor, Dr. Russell. Yeah, there's just a lot of moments that mm -hmm. bring me back when I walk walk down that line. So that's that's still my a spot that I, yeah, really like to, to go to. Okay, well, Greg, I'm very happy that you were, you know, willing to be my guinea pig, I guess, <laughs> for my first show. Um, it's very, it's very exciting. I wanted to say, like, thank you, because you're kind of on the opposite end now, you know, because we met during the summer, and now, like, you're a part of my story, because when I talk to you about college, and be like, I met Greg Golden of the Director of Student Media in the summer, and the next thing you know, you know, I'm working with Sam Stark, I'm on his podcast, and I get to meet all these wonderful people at WPRK. And so it's, it's, it's like listening to your story and who the people who helped you, it's like you're now on the other end because, yeah, you're a part of my story now. So I wanted to thank you for that. Thank you. That's, that's really touching. Thanks, Angel. Yes. And um, I wanted to thank everyone else. Thank you for joining us today for Rollins Around Town. And a special thank you to Sam Stark, your regular host, for asking me to interview Greg today in his absence. And to keep updated on all of our show and guests, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town and subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town, on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And have a great day around the town. <laughs>